Let's face it, Brit happens. Success is rarely a straight line. It's a journey with many twists, turns, potholes, and unwelcome detours. The secret, however, lies in how we react. Keep listening to learn how to effectively respond to life's curveballs, improve your resilience, and how winners pivot from setbacks to success. I'm your host, Brittany Sharpton. Let's get started. I really don't get rattled. I think probably it's my dad's genes. Um, I don't get rattled a lot. The thing is that you can never do anything effectively by looking around and being scared. And when the time comes for you to make those tough decisions, when the water gets hot or the road gets bumpy or there's so much turbulence, you can't be the person to be all freaked out by it. I am really excited to welcome my next VIP guest, who is my friend and the manager of the fourth largest city in Miami-Dade County, the city of North Miami Beach. We have with us Mr. Esmond K. Scott. Welcome, Esmond. Thank you, Brittany, and thank you for putting the K in there. My dad and my grandfather, who is now deceased, would be pleased. You've done well so far. Thank you. Thank you. So, Esmond, for yes. people who may be unfamiliar, he's a local celebrity here, but I have friends still in the Northeast where I went to school and worked. Can you explain to us what the manager of a city does? What is what is your overall? I am the CEO for the city of North Miami Beach. If you want to look at it, if, if that term works best, you know, I manage the day-to-day operations of, of the city. And I take uh, the mayor and commission are responsible for the governmental part in terms of the different rules and regulations and ordinances and resolutions. And um, I make sure that they're affected properly. And Esmond, how long have you been with the city? I've been with the city for 1997. I took a break in 2011 and I came back in 2013. So who's counting? A few years. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I've seen, I follow Esmond's work on social media, which obviously now is a lot more prevalent since we're still in the middle of a pandemic. And I very much enjoy, I don't know if you guys still do it, but you used to do these manager let's talk sessions for the residents. Wow, Brittany, I'm, I'm so happy that it reached um, your eyes because <laughs> um, no, we did it just for a period because we wanted, we wanted during when COVID just started, we knew that people would be home and we're like, well, what can we do? Uh, we've got a captive audience. So, you know, we were operating then more in an unknown than we are now. I mean, that's not to say that the unknown isn't here and the unknown is not uh, reappearing, but we had a captive audience and we thought, you know, maybe if we were to reach out to find out how people are coping, what's happening out there, at least they could take a break from the, from the soap operas and, <laughs> and take a look at what local, what was happening in local government that we could uh, get an opportunity to to speak with some folks who are really do, who were doing some great things um, during that period. We ended it. Oh, because I thought it was cool. To, when I saw the post on IG, I thought that you guys were just going to do a webinar, but you actually had people on Zoom. So there were like real time questions. So you couldn't, you have to answer the, the questions. Of the, yes. Yes. Okay. It was real time. I think it was 2017. This was when you were the assistant city manager you were even out there after i forgot which hurricane we have hurricanes all the time in south florida all yeah. this to say esmond 
is CEO, as he mentioned, of his city, but he has worked his way up through the ranks and further along in the program, I would love for you to share how you got there, what challenges you may have faced and pivoted, and now here he is at the promised land. Okay, Esmond, can you share with us maybe one or two exciting projects that are currently going on in your city? One of the biggest things that we have going on right now is the the insourcing of the water plant. And now we're thinking, you no, know, the, the mayor and commission have wanted it to be brought back in. So that's a very, very challenging project. If we're essentially writing a white paper and that's what makes this exciting as well, because right. the insourcing, you know, we were told by the experts that it would have to take between 12 to 18 months to do that job. Those who were being very aggressive in terms of what, how we could do it, we're saying 10 to 12 months. Well, guess what? The contract says six months. And so we, we have to take this water plant back in our hands with six months. Of course, it comes with its, with its challenges, but you know something? I, lo- I love challenges. And one of the things that I use to guide me is that I do not fail. And so we're, we're taking all measures and I'm pretty sure we're going to hit the mark. Absolutely. You are going to hit the mark. Yes, we are. And I think you said another exciting project would be you know, we have several development that's coming on board. We've got a bike path on 183rd Street. We've got annexation, which we have to do. There is just so much stuff. We have, we have a solid waste um, contract now that has come up and we're trying to uh, change our provider. I mean, there's just, there's just so much stuff. I mean, let me tell you something. I worked in different sectors. You work hard in government. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. You work hard in government. There's so much that you mentioned that I want to piggyback on, right? The insourcing, as you mentioned, the annexation of the hole. Why do you guys call it the hole, by the way? It's a donut hole because if you if you look at the map of the city, mm-hmm. there are all these pockets that are within the city that really are not part of the, of the municipality. Mm-hmm. And because it's surrounded by North Miami Beach enclaves, and then you have these in the middle, you're like, it's a hole in the donut or the donut hole. Okay. <laughs> if you look at the map, Brittany, you'll see it. It's interesting. You're going to try to fill that hole. Yes. Okay. That's right. And there is a stigma with municipal work that, as you mentioned, professionals don't work as hard as in the private sector. And it reminds me, my first job out of college, I worked on Wall Street doing municipal finance at a large bank, and it wasn't considered as sexy as the profession as the investment bankers that were on the private side. But Lord knows I worked six days a week, at least 10 hours every single day. So I understand, and you're definitely one of the outliers. I've come across a lot of um, municipal professionals, but as men, truly, you, you do bust your butt. Thank you, Brittany. I'll just tell you, I just tell you that my my Wall Street experience was at one New York Plaza and then later at 120 Wall Street. And I tell tell you something, those are cushy jobs. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you, you're serious? Yes, I did. I worked at one New York Plaza with uh, Townsend Greenspan, which, okay. is, which is Alan Greenspan's economic consultant firm, right overlooking Battery Plaza. You know, so we go downstairs and we watch a three-card Monte guys and we buy hot dog from the folks right there and hang out for a little bit on the plaza and go back up to work. Oh, my God. See, I didn't know that. So what brought you from private sector to municipal? 
I was working there and then Alan Greenspan, we knew that he was going to go to be the federal chairman. He was only taking his secretary with him to Washington. Okay. So I got I got into the hotel business and I did well in hotels. I started out in New York Hilton, did well in hotels and then took a route of hotels back to Jamaica, back to Florida at Doral Resort when it had its previous owner. And then I got into a nonprofit because they wanted someone. My, 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 my background when I was with Greenspan was in business and financial writing. So, okay. you know, I, I did that route. And so when I was at this hotel, um, you know, they, they said someone wanted, someone mentioned to my director that they, they were just interested. They want to find somebody who has a hotel background who could write. And so I landed into a job. I went to a non-for-profit, was given specific tasks as to what they wanted to do in terms of the writing and the hotel experience. And once that was over, I just went into government and started my career all over. I went to school. I got a master's in public administration. I started a PhD in public administration, measuring, don't laugh, microeconomics. And, <laughs> you know, I needed, I needed to work. No, I needed to do a capstone. And okay. I, I did it with the city of North Miami Beach. And it was a, this is nice because at that time, PhD programs called for you to be in class. Not like now where you can be sitting at home and doing right. 10 PhDs. You had to be there to say present or absent, okay, <laughs> yeah, back in the day. And so I got into government, loved it, and the rest is history. See, so you were made for this. This is something that I had no idea. You were made for the CEO role because your background is in economics and finance. And more so, and, and not forget hotels, because city is like a hotel. There are all these people living in there, and some check out earlier than others. I like that analogy. See, that's the writing background in him. It's like English and poetry. You're right. Because I've noticed, even when I first met you, Esmond, you were very, always super polite, super even kill. I've never seen him, like, sometimes he would, like, pop into meetings, but never seemed, like, ruffled by anything. So I don't know if that's the hospitality background or your personality. And in case you guys can't hear, he's clearly from... Jamaica. <laughs> I don't know. So. Oh, yeah. I really don't get rattled. I think probably it's my dad's genes. I don't get rattled a lot. The thing is that you can never do anything effectively by looking around and being scared. And when the time comes for you to make those tough decisions, when the water gets hot or the road gets bumpy or there's so much turbulence, you can't be the person to be all freaked out by it. I remember flying into Minneapolis uh, some years ago and the pilot was telling us, uh, listen, as we get ready to land, there are going to be crosswinds and this plane is going to be rocking all over the place and you're going to freak out. He says, oh, relax. I do this okay. every single day and we land, okay? Besides, I got my Superman cape on. And <laughs> okay, so that's just, okay, you've, you've admitted you inherited this, trait because not everyone has that which i think is awesome for a leader and necessary yeah which brings me to esmond obviously so now there's a lot for you to pull from whether it was your new york wall street experience or your municipal experience if someone's listening and watching and they're like oh my god this guy is so cool and his yellow button down <laughs> <laughs> but the road or the um the turbulence there is some turbulence I'm happy that you brought this up. Would you mind sharing whether this is a professional or a personal experience where you come across some rocky territory and what 
skill sets or mindsets did you use to pivot? There's turbulence in life, but, you know, one draws from the other, you know, and I've got a fantastic mentor and my dad who has taught me many, many things, you know, many things to help me. Okay. Yeah, the, the government is not easy. Government is hard, you know. In fact, I think probably the road less traveled, yeah. the first line, life is hard. Yeah. So yeah, life is, life is hard. But you make it harder based upon how you approach it. Right. It's not what happens, it's how you respond. That's what I remind myself when I get overwhelmed or stressed. I'm like, this is what's happening. How am I going to respond? And that dictates my reaction, and it's always a little bit better. The only time you should really be freaked out is when it's impossible. Because impossible is impossible. But if it's everything else is possible, you know. And what also besides his genetics, obviously incredibly educated and intelligent, you also lean highly on a higher power because I forgot to mention that Esmond is also a Sunday school teacher. So yes. he's working hard managing a city with lots of projects in the CIP. And on your weekends, or maybe even during the week, I'm not sure if you have Wednesday, Sunday school. Can you tell us about that aspect? No, I just want to, I, I just want to school on Sundays, you know. Well, it's a long story, but I won't get into it. But somehow I ended into a philosophy of religion class, right? My intention in that class was to maybe to cause havoc or to... I knew the Bible growing up, so I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to challenge this thing. Okay. And I found out one thing from the class. The only thing I remember from that class was that there is a necessary being and there are contingent beings. And I'm a contingent being, so there has to be a necessary one. Would you mind, and I don't know if this is the long story, and I, I, you're a busy man, but what is, can you just expound maybe in 30 seconds about the contingent and the non-contingent beings? Our contingent beings are those who rely on this higher power to... Mm -hmm survive to go along for different things, you know, for their needs. The thing is that uh, contingent beings are not like forever. <laughs> contingent be contingent okay. beings die, okay? The necessary <laughs> being has to be around. <laughs> the necessary <laughs> being has to be around to take care of the other contingent beings that are coming on. And the okay. other contingent beings, you know? So <laughs> I am not a necessary being because guess what, Brittany? What? I mean... Don't cry now, but I'm going to die someday, okay? I was going to say, this sounds like a, a, we went down a morbid path, but it's re, it's realistic. You're right. We're not going to be yeah. here forever. No. Hence why it's important to make the best of our time. Yeah. Here. And that necessary being is still going to be, be here. Okay. So right. you are creating a legacy for your offsprings and theirs. And yes, they're yeah. going to watch this and say, you know, look at my dad. Beep. Father. <laughs> okay. I love the beep. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I want to be able to like share a clip. So, okay. You talked about the annexation and the water, which I think are the two probably biggest projects going on now. I've reviewed the strategic plan, which goes through 2022. I remember when I first saw it, it seemed so far out, but literally in less than a month, we'll be in 2021. Yes. So are you guys still working on the branding? Like what, what? Yes, actually, we're still working on the branding. And in fact, there's a company that we have engaged and we have taken several steps as closer to it in terms okay. of realizing where we want to go and what we want to do. It's okay. exciting. It takes us out from where we were. I mean, and of course, our, our history um, predominantly defines who we are going forward. But sometimes just to 
you know, the current branding speaks to how we've evolved. You know, we're doing a good branding thing and we, we hope to launch it pretty soon. Okay. Yeah. So cool. We're in December now, so I'm just going to say... Next year. Of course. Yes. <laughs> next year. Yes, next year. That was good. Choo-choo, hospitality. Now, Esmond. Yes. I'm going to jump into something I call the fire round. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions and you just spit out the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. What was the last thing that you ordered on Amazon? Oh man, some shoes from Amazon. First and last. I oh nailed what, it. I just did. What sneakers are like dress shoes? Dress shoes. Okay. I mean, I love Amazon. They have everything, but apparently the vendor that you selected was trash. Yeah. If you can switch places with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, alive. You know something? I don't know if I, I mean, honestly, I, I wouldn't want to switch my, my places with anybody. I'm happy being me. That is so wonderful. I, I was, that's, that's excellent. But okay, Esmond, fine. Yeah. He's happy being him. I told him to spit out the first thing that came to mind. Okay. Because you never know what other people are going through. It looks good from the outside. Yes. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Fly. I'd fly everywhere and I'd have to deal with all these um, aircraft and getting in there and going through the turbulence or whatever. Let me deal with my own turbulence. So yeah, I'd fly. No turbulence, no need to risk the Rona or anything else that's in the air. That's it. Okay. I'd fly. fly. And Brittany, tell you what, I'm going to New York. I'm flying out at this time. But flying out means, you know, I'm okay. flying out. <laughs> turbulence or not, he's going to make turbulence it. Turbulence or not, I'm going, I'm flying. Yeah. Okay. Oh, a little birdie told me, Esmond, that you, someone once referred to you as Big Papa. Can you please, <laughs> can you please, I cannot let us log off without getting more on this story. <laughs> well, you know, I have this deep-seated thing um, with Notorious B.I.G. Okay. You know, his stuff is not necessarily G-rated. But what happened is that I loaned the car to my daughter when she was in high school. Okay. And she, she came home and I went in the car to drive it. And when I went in the car to drive it, there was this notorious B.I.G. song playing. I mean, the, the sunroof was open and it was turned up to the max. And I turned it on. I was like, what is this? And then I liked the beat. The beat is just so nice. Yeah, yeah. In fact, it was juicy. It was playing. That's and, yeah, so I listened to Juicy and I, I, I rewound it. I listened to it more. And I was like, whoa, this is nice. Uh-huh. I didn't know the rest of the stuff was that risque, but I love the song where he says, I love when you call. So I told my assistant, who may have been the birdie who told you that, um, I told my assistant <laughs> about that story. Um, and then she started to call me Big Papa. <laughs> and the rest is history. So is that the first time that you've heard his music or you've heard it before, but you didn't know who the artist was? Well, I had heard the music before, but you know something, Brittany, I struggle with rap, man. I really, really do. Out of that, it's an art form. And of course, you know, for those who are connoisseurs in rap, it began in Jamaica. Oh, so hip hop and rap originated from reggae. Well, I'm not exactly. I'm not going to talk about hip hop in as much as rap. Oh, Okay. Fact, you know. there, will, there will be fact checkers that will be like... <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'll tell them, go back to the Bronx with Curtis Blow and those guys. They'll tell you. Or, or just dial up Buster Rhymes and he'll tell you. That is very true. Okay. So typically I have a rebuttal for stuff, but all I can do is nod because I don't have enough information to dispute it. So I'll believe you. 
I'm just calling all the, the, the Jamaican guys who have had influence on rap. Wait, Heavy D is Jamaican? Yes, it was. He was a non-contingent being. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was a contingent being. He's You're contingent. right. He's contingent upon the, yes, the being that right now we're Correct. Okay. Correct. I got some full philosophy lessons today. Okay. Yeah. If people want to reach you, what's the best route to go about that? Just call my office. And that's the thing about government. You have to be open for the public. I can always be reaching my office or by cell phone or by email. But you know what I've noticed too, and maybe this is going to be a part of the scope for the branding. They don't have your bio on the website. No, I think it's just a broad summation of Esmond. Because I, typically I do my research and I feel so bad. I was like, I had no idea about some of these things that I feel like I should have known, but it was a lesson for me today too. I was like, why? I'm on page four of Google and, and Esmond has done an incredible job of controlling what I find on such results. Yeah. No, no. That's, you know, Brittany, it's funny. I, I, I'll tell you this. And I learned this very early when I came to this country, right? Mm-hmm. When, I was, when I was at the end of um, my undergrad, I was selected as one of the top 50 student journalists in, in America, right? By, by Capital yeah. Cities Communication. Okay, we're not going to yeah. just let this slide. No, no, no. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell oh, you something. I'm going to say. Okay. okay. All right. I did my undergrad at Baruch College in New York City. All right. Okay. So they came in and they started to interview me. And of course, they had seen my work. They had chosen me and they, they were narrowing, narrowing it down to see which students could just get a job with them, you know? Right. And they started to interview me. Yeah, like 20 minutes. At 10 minutes, the guy's like, okay, let's stop. You're Esmond Scott, right? And um, we've seen your work, but so far you've said nothing about yourself. And he said, listen, you're from the Caribbean, right? So I said, yeah. He said, okay, here's what Caribbean folks have to learn. This is America. You sell yourself. But you're working with, you know, there's a whole thing about acculturation and ethnocentrism, you know, and how much is it of a, a new culture that you adopt? Mm-hmm. At that time, I was probably four years into the country or thereabouts, and I learned that you've got to sell yourself because nobody else is going to sell you. And then you're struggling with this part of you that says, listen, boy, you're no big. Don't get too big for your britches. You Be stay humble. where you are. Be humble. When you start to show up who you are, mm-hmm. that's, that's when the neurosurgeon walks into the room. And then you're humbled. <laughs> so you just, yeah. well, Asmin, I have come across, I think you're just special because they are very non-humble arrogant people with similar backgrounds. But again, this is Evan being humble again in explaining his humility, which I think is noble. Yeah, yeah. There's some of those. I know I know some of them too. Esmond, what is the top Patty's place in South Florida? You know, Brittany, I think you and I have touched on this before, you know, they open and they close. I think Sonia's is open now over in Kendall. It's, it's nice. It's made to order, but my gosh, you just have to wait like forever <laughs> to, to get it, but they're good. They are good. I actually, I went, I think I told you and sent a picture, but yes, they were very good. I wasn't quite sure if your taste buds were on par, but it definitely matches your intelligence and his taste. So he's a foodie. Yeah, I, I tell you what though, Brittany, you know I can't eat um, patties anymore because I'm allergic to gluten. 
So I can't. You did tell me that. And we were saying, oh, we're going to find a gluten-free patty place. But I just feel like it's one of those things. And I love to bake. When you mess up with the original recipe, it's just not the same. Is there anything that I did not ask you, but you would like to share with us? Oh, man, you just told me this one. Finally. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I know the answer. Sorry, the answer is yes, but can you select something that I wasn't able to find on Google? Oh, okay. So here's this Jimmy Cliff song that says there are more questions than answers, right? Was it Jimmy Cliff who did that? I gotta say yes, because you seem you seem confident about it, sure. No, I just claim yeah, I claim that Jamaicans have done everything, you know, so <laughs> probably it's not There's right. the humility <laughs> until it comes to your national <laughs> prize. All yeah, of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when did you move to the States, by the way? I run about the time of the Mayflower. It went circuitously to Jamaica and back. I came to the States in 79. All right. So can, can for context, that was what, high school? I mean, I don't, when was that? Yeah, I just, I mean, Jamaica's high school is a little different. So it was just about the time when I was finished high school. Oh, so the, so New York was your first stop on the Mayflower? Yes. They, okay, they yes. dropped you off there. They dropped me off so I'm assuming when you got into municipal work, it was in Florida. That's what brought you here. Yes, exactly. Because I'd done Wall Street and started in hotels, hotels that took me back to Jamaica and then hotels that took me to Florida. Okay. And then I went for, to that not-for-profit that needed a writer and a hotel person. And then I went to, to municipal government. Okay. Are you allowed to mention where you were prior to this city? Yeah. It's, a, it's an Institute for Advanced Dentistry. But they, they had uh, dentists who came from all over the world. Okay. Uh, but they wanted, they wanted predictable housing for them. Okay. So I was tasked with bringing uh, some condos that the um, not-for-profit owned up to a Hyatt standard. So, of course, you know, I brought it up to standard. And then the work was essentially done. I handed it over. It was just a task that would lasted for about five years that I had to deliver on. And then I just got into municipal government. I've always loved government. This was like super fun, Esma. Maybe we'll have to do like a live or a part two because I'm sure people are going to have follow-up questions. Those of my friends that don't live here in South Florida, city of North Miami Beach is an awesome place to live, work, and play. Yes, I call it a big little city. A big little city. Oh, which reminds me, I know I'm all over the place. What's up with the train station? Well, I think the plans are now that the train station is going to be at 151st Street. Okay. Further north from North Miami than it was planned, but it's at a position that deals with, with the, the, the development that's there, deals with FIU, and, and then further north, there's one in Aventura. So that, that's um, what the plans are right now. But see, what's so crazy, Esmond, and this is a little frustration, the movement has been less than I thought from the last time you popped your head in and we had this conversation. Yes, that is true. That is true. But that's, that's government. Right. You guys, if you want to reach Esmond Scott, you can find him online. I can share that with you. It's Esmond.Scott. Okay. It's E-S-M-O-N-D dot Scott at CityNMB.com. Thank you very much, Esmond. Enjoy your weekend. And I look forward to circling back in real life very soon. Sure. Thank you so much, Brittany. Nice to have been with you. Bye-bye. Thank you guys so much for checking out today's episode of Brit Happens. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, or Google. 
You can also find me online at www.brithappens.com and on social media, Instagram or Facebook at Brittany Sharpton. See you next time.